Blog Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile, news, tips, tricks, and best practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. You guys are experts, right? We got, we got the experts. What the hell? <laughs> we'll find out soon enough, right? Fingers crossed. So our first hundred questions for you are, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, this is Doug Carr. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, it's great to be here. And we are, we are taking a left turn on the radio show today, and I'm so happy about this. Um, we get enough of, you know, the social media gossip and, you know, people bloviating about how great they are. Now we get real guys that have absolutely conquered social media and and uh, and done just an incredible job from a viral marketing aspect, Facebook marketing, YouTube marketing uh, aspect. And, and so this is a really exciting show we have on the line, uh, Jeff and Austin from AuraBrush. So welcome aboard, guys. Thanks, Doug. Glad to be here. And yes, if, if you guys would, uh, go ahead and just introduce yourselves and, and what your uh, job duties are. Um, I'm Jeff Parman, and I am one of the, I guess, a founder in a way of the current Aura Brush and uh, the chief marketing officer. And Jeff's being modest. He's the architect behind our whole campaign. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm I'm Austin. I'm the spokesman for the company, so I'm often in front of the camera when we're doing our videos, and I've been doing a lot of other marketing and PR work for us as well lately. Fantastic. And this is this is obviously, uh, you know, you guys aren't fresh out of school. You know, what what's your backgrounds? Well, actually, um, I am. We are pretty fresh out of school. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I was in my last day of my last class at Brigham Young University. Mark in a marketing class, and um, we were studying business, and that's where I met Dr. Bob, the 75-year-old inventor of the Aura Brush, and he had a group of students that he had convinced to do a, a project, like a research project on Aura Brush in that class, and they got up and presented, and that's where I was introduced to Aura Brush, and I talked to Dr. Bob after the class and said, well, they got up and they said, 92% of people w won't buy a product like this on the internet. And, um, and so you should, shouldn't focus online. You should try to get a partnership with Oral B. You should try to do all these other, um, things. And, and, uh, and I confronted them and said, no, you should focus online because 8% of people still millions of people and talked to Dr. Bob afterwards. And that's how we got connected. But it was my last day of my last class at school that um that got started on this project oh that's fantastic and and for everybody listening that and there's probably three people that don't know um what is aura brush tell tell us the story of dr bob so aura brush dr bob invented it i think 10 years ago now and um he was actually serving a mission a religious mission in the philippines and he was retired and the missionaries, he was over like a few hundred missionaries. And they, there was people calling in, Filipino people calling in and saying, your, uh, 
your missionaries are offending people. And he said, well, what have they done? And, uh, and they said, they, tell them to brush their teeth. <laughs> so he decided that he couldn't very well preach the gospel if he had bad breath, so he started researching. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Researching where bad breath comes from to try to solve the problem. And um, in his research, he's a biochemist. And uh, he found that 90% of bad breath comes from your tongue, bacteria build up on your tongue. And, uh, and he started looking at tongue cleaners, and he was like, none of these are going to work. These are all just scrapers, and your tongue is very porous and has all the taste buds on it. And the, he, he, but before, in his previous life, before he had retired, he, was, he had worked on project where his job was to clean salmonella off of chicken skin. So, <laughs> That's a heck of a pre-qualification. Yeah. Very niche kind of thing. Yeah. And so, so he had tried dipping it in all kinds of formulas. He tried everything. And the only thing, like, so what happens is when chickens are plucked, the feathers are plucked after they've been slaughtered the rubber fingers that pluck off the feathers transfer salmonella from the feathers to the skin. And so you got to clean that off somehow. And the only thing that would clean off 100% of the salmonella was a surgical scrub brush, the same kind of brush that surgeons use to clean your skin before they cut you open and they use it to clean their hands. And, um, and a surgical scrub brush scrubbing down the whole chicken. Well, Year, you know, decades later, chicken skins, that was too much work, and so chicken skins still have salmonella on them, and that's the reason why you have to be so careful about cooking your chicken properly. Um, but because he had learned that, he said, well, to get all that bad brass bacteria off of your tongue, I wonder if a surgical scrub brush with a scraper would work. Yeah. He took and glued a surgical scrub brush on a scraper on a toothbrush handle, and made his first prototype, and then he applied for a patent, got it patented, and he, he came back from the Philippines and um, had this product, and he invested a bunch of money into it, and, he, and then he tried marketing it, and nobody wanted it. Yeah. But he had figured out that it worked. It was a very, very effective tool, so he just kept being persistent. It was kind of like a hobby. And, and he tried all kinds of traditional avenues. He spent forty grand on a TV infomercial. Oh. And tried to get it out that way. And I think they sold a hundred units, a hundred brushes. Oh. So I think when he came to that class, to Jeffrey's marketing class, it was kind of a last effort to see, yeah. please, is there anything we can do? This is a great product that actually cures the problem, but there's so much education that needs to go into, you know, informing consumers about the problem, why this takes care of it, how it works. Uh, there was just a lot to overcome. And I think his coming to that class was, please help me. And and so was it, was it, I mean, literally coming out of that class, was it just, you know, he kind of recruited you to, to start helping him, or was it a group of students that kind of started coming together with a strategy, or? No, it was it was just me. He wanted me, um, I, I just said, I think I could sell this product, because I was a, I was a tongue scraper before that, and I would, <laughs> I would use a tongue scraper, and I loved, like, if you've ever used a tongue scraper, you know that all this white gunk comes off your tongue. Oh, no. Super grossly satisfying. <laughs> um, but I did. I was unaware that, that, that that was the cause of bad breath. So as soon as I coupled the education of that's where bad breath comes from with that gunk, I was like, this is 
this is like instant gratification experience. You just have to educate people. Right. And, and so we started working on it and I would, so I worked my full-time day job during the day and then I would ride my bicycle. I, I, I was still on a bike because I didn't want to get a car until I was out of school that, and I'd ride my bicycle to work. And then every Wednesday, Bob would come pick me up and drive me out to his house. And then we would have dinner with he, he and his wife and we would talk and plan for the next week. And then I would work on Aura Brush at nights. And we did that for months and the whole summer. And then uh, eventually we kind of came up with the strategy of, I, I told him, I said, I, um, well, I found this video on, on YouTube called How to Tell If You Have Bad Breath by Howcast. Okay. I emailed them and I said, can I use your video on our landing page? And they, they were totally fine with that. I stuck the video on the landing page. And in this video, it teaches that in order to tell if you have bad breath, you take a spoon and you scrape the back of your tongue, let it dry, and then you smell it. And if it stinks after it's dried, then you know your breath stinks. And, and yeah, it's, it's disgusting. But it's fascinating. And, and people are very interested in this because nobody knows how to tell if they have bad breath. They blow in their hand and then smell, or they, you know, they, 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 you have to blow on a friend, or like, like all these different things. And so people don't really are unaware of how to tell if they have bad breath. So I, but what happened is our conversion rates jumped three times by having that video on the page. And all I had to do is put a little sentence below it that says, notice to check your breath, you test your tongue. That's because that's where bad breath comes from. Oh, uh, nice. And, and it worked really, really well. And then I, I can't, I, I went to Bob and said, I need some money. I want to build a video where we do, we, I want to build our version of this video that's bet more, more, cl it's clever and funny and it addresses the issue of how to clean your tongue rather than just how to tell if you have bad breath. Right. So I was trying to figure out how to do this video and I had kind of written up a concept and a, a little bit of a script and I was at work and Austin was on my team. We worked together at familylink.com a couple of years ago. It was just this group of guys working on social media in a windowless office. And you can only spend so much time on Facebook and Twitter before you're about to go out of your mind <laughs> a full work day. And so my coworkers, including Jeffrey, would deliberate, deliberately provoke me. They would say things they knew I did totally disagreed with because they knew I would react and I'd take the bait. Like, are you guys crazy? Are you out of your mind? Have you really thought about the implications of what you're talking about? And... Jeff thought this was hysterical, uh, and in addition to baiting me to do this all the time, one day he says, hey, listen, would you do that on camera? I'll, I'll give you 100 bucks. Let's do that after work someday. Like, all right, sure. Um, and I had just graduated, too. I'd been studying broadcast journalism, and so I was comfortable enough in front of a camera to, to do what Jeff had in mind, which was <laughs> the video that we produced, again, after work on a Friday, uh, 100 bucks. Um, we shot it in a pool hall. Yeah, we shot it against a white wall in a pool hall before they opened up for the evening. Nice. Not, not a complicated production. Right. And Bob, Bob was holding the microphone. If you listen carefully, at the very end of the video, we started having, they had opened, and so there were pool balls cracking in the background, and you can hear them if you listen carefully enough. <laughs> uh, so Bob was holding the microphone. I was trying to direct. Um, I had got another friend that was a script writing student at BYU to make my script better. And um, 
and I, I was trying to direct and I had an old roommate who was a film student and he was uh, shooting it. And so we shot that pool hall commercial and that's the original Bad Breath test video that now has 15.5 million views or something on YouTube. Wow. Uh, and so we shot that for less than $500. Austin's been compensated more appropriately yes. since. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, and we stuck it, I mean, the, the original intent of building the video were, um, uh, the original intent of building the video was to make sure that we had the, the, um, the landing page convert properly. I didn't think that we were going to build this video so that we could sell ore brushes through YouTube. I was thinking YouTube's a tool that I can use on my landing page to increase conversions so I can use AdWords to drive traffic. Right. And 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 at that point, you guys were distributing it still out of Dr. Bob's garage or Yes. Yes, he was shipping it out of the garage. He was himself shipping it. Dr. Bob was packaging up each brush ordered. Yeah. Oh, and, and just to back up a little bit, Bob came up to me and said, Jeff, this was after a few months of working with him. How much do I owe you for doing all the things that you're doing? And I said, well, I've only lost you money so far. You don't owe me anything. And uh, he took me out behind his house and he, he said, I have this old motorcycle I don't drive anymore had like a thousand miles on it and so it was almost brand new even though it was a little um and uh and he said what about i trade you this motorcycle and you promise you'll work at nights after work on aura brush for at least eight months and i was like okay i think he was tired of driving me to his house every morning <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh we he he pulled out the title and it was already signed and ready to go and uh and I drove home the bike that day. And so that that's how the first transaction happened. And then, so fast forwarding back to the video. We shot the video. We, 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 I needed to build a better landing page. And the guy that I had programming uh, got married. So he was out of commission for a month. So I recruited my brother, um, who's a big-time entrepreneur. Well, he's not big-time, but he, he is always doing entrepreneurial projects. And and I wanted to bring him in to help manage the project. And so he's kind of the, the the fourth person in the group. And he came in, helped build the landing page, helped set everything up. And then we started doing A-B testing on the landing page. And then at that same time, YouTube released what's called promoted videos out of beta. Yeah. Promoted videos, if, if you, for people that are unaware, and a lot of shocking how many people are unaware of this, Google's the number one search engine in the world, and YouTube's number two. Right. And YouTube, up until two years ago, had no monetization of their search. And so they created promoted videos like AdWords so that if somebody searches for bad breath, we could bid on that term, and our video on bad breath would show up in the top results. Right. And so we started using promoted videos to drive traffic to the landing page, and we put a little link in the description and told people where to go at the end of the video to try to see how things go. Um, because we were so early into the promoted videos platform, it was like the early days of Google AdWords all over again. I don't, 
no, if you're, you're, you're probably remember those days where people were paying five cents a click. On right. Right. Yeah. It was like that all over again. And we were getting super cheap clicks and it made it very inexpensive for us to AB test and get our conversions to the right point where it made sense. And we had a positive ROI and we, we tweaked and tweaked and tweaked, got the positive ROI. I was spending about $30 a day on ads. And then, um, if an ad, uh, as soon as I, my goal was, is to make back at least $35 after all my costs. And, and we, we tweaked and tweaked and tweaked. And then I remember the weekend where we realized we had just hit the 35, you know, to make back at least a positive ROI on our ad investment. Um, and we, we decided to crank it up over the weekend and see how much inventory Google had. Yeah. We had no idea what that meant, but after the weekend, both Neil and I, we called each other and we're like, this could be a full-time job. <laughs> right. And within six weeks, we had sold Bob out of 10,000 aura brushes. And we were trying to get more in, and we were out for a few weeks, and then we got more in, and eventually we caught up. But since that, that time, for every, for every ad we buy, we get at least two views on YouTube. Okay, which means you're, there's a virality to the video, even though we're buying. Right, right. One thing people need to understand is that Aura Brush, the difference between Aura Brush and say a Blendtec. Blendtec went crazy, had hundreds of millions of views on blending up iPhones in their blenders. Um, is the Blendtec is not repeatable, at least not very easily. It's one in a million. Aura brush is very repeatable because it's methodical and planned out. It's, we're not a viral video. Right. We have virality to our videos, but if you, it, it's kind of the big secret in uh, the viral space is that Old Spice, um, people are unaware or don't connect the dots. The Old Spice was first a Super Bowl commercial, which had millions of dollars put into it, and then it was on TV for months, and then once they saw that the play, how, how well it was playing on YouTube, they built all those videos and they bought the homepage of YouTube, which is like three quarters of a million dollars. They bought that multiple times, but they, they were pushing their video along. Right. And so, um, and then the virality adds to it and gets you a lot more bang for your buck. So it's a very effective ad system. But to your point, they're, you know, they're buying views and buying that brand recognition and everything else. Whereas, you know, you guys were basically kind of doing it naturally, even though you were buying a view here and there, it was taking off on its own. Yeah, well, it was taking off on its own, but it needed the fuel still. Yeah. With 48, there's 48 hours of video uploaded to YouTube every single minute. And so if you want to, if you think you're, you're a small business and you say, I'm gonna create the next Charlie bit my finger and somehow cleverly put my brand into it, and it's going to get hundreds of millions of views. You're just you're mistaken. It's yeah. not work. It's almost impossible to choreograph a purely organic viral hit like that. But you can methodically create content that has a viral component to it, and then push it, and it will get shared if you make quality content. But there is a methodical procedure behind it. And let's and let's let's pause just for a second, and then we'll. We'll talk about that. I, I, I want to talk about that. And then I also, I'm also interested to hear how, you know, it, it, it sounds, um, 
you know, it really sounds like you went at this like an experienced marketer. So one of the things that I'm always interested in is your education, you know, at Brigham Young and how that prepared you for this. So let's take a short break and then and then we'll come right back. This will be a word from Zoomerang, one of our sponsors. Have you ever wanted to survey your customers or employees but thought it was just going to take too much time or cost too much? Well, it doesn't have to. With Zoomerang Online Surveys and Polls, you can sign up for free and send an unlimited number of surveys and polls. It takes just minutes to create and send a professional-looking survey. Zoomerang makes it easy to get started with a newly updated user interface and over 100 professional templates you can customize. It's easy, fast, and best of all, free. The data you get from surveys can be invaluable to help you make better business decisions and plan for the future. Get started today by signing up for a free account at Zoomerang.com. There you go. A word from our sponsors. So I'm I'm interested in hearing that this is just an incredible story. I can't believe it's been like 20 minutes straight and and it's all like the the story is just incredible. I'm interested in hearing, you know, let's take it back a step. You know, you did landing page design, you know, plopped a video on there, A/B testing, all of these things that I heard you say that, you know, honestly, quite honestly, the the average marketer doesn't even uh doesn't even have time to do or even or, or maybe even the skill set to do, you know, what, I mean, was it your education at Brigham Young that prepared you for, you know, doing, you know, some sophisticated online marketing or, or did it just lay the groundwork for your marketing background where you went out and, you know, kind of hammered this stuff out yourself? It's a little bit of, I, I am, sorry, put it back, you can see. Uh, we can hear you, it's, a, it's breaking up a little bit. Okay, so, you're, you're right on both accounts in that when when we started I, when when I went to BYU one of the one of my favorite classes was I went to this class it was done by Paul Allen the fan, founder of ancestry.com and he was teaching an uh, internet marketing class and in that class we were focused he he came in and it was the first class I've ever had in my life where the teacher said we do not use a textbook in this class because the content that would you could print in a textbook would be completely out of date by the time you need to use it. And he, he even explained it would be completely out of date by the next week. And so what 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 I what we had to do was he signed us several blogs and email letters to read. And but we would get on and read those all week long and then he would quiz us. At the, at the at the end of the week on the current events. And the stuff that you're getting quizzed on could have happened 48 hours before. And he kind of got us in the habit of, and then he, another thing that we were graded on is how well we kept our blogs up. And so we had to blog consistently during the, the week, and then we had to read. Um, he basically taught us in that class how to learn, how to keep up with the tech industry. And... And in that class is also where I learned about A-B testing and a few other things because we did some AdWords campaigns. And then there was a lot of other principles of marketing I learned. But overall, other than that class, that class is what taught me to stop paying attention in class. (laughs) And I spent all my time focusing on – well, I I, I say to people a lot of times, everything I do for work – 
I learned while I wasn't paying attention in school. Which, that, that's, not, that's not true because I learned not paying attention in school. <laughs> but uh, you, get, you get the point. Yeah. Uh, we, we, um, I think we're getting some feedback. I'm sorry, guys. Um, that, that's, that's absolutely incredible. And, and I mean, kudos to that, that professor for developing an atmosphere like that, that, that went out there and had you guys going and doing that. And that's, that's really been of interest, you know, um, some of the folks in here, you know, we work with a lot of, um, in Indiana right here, we're kind of in the centerpiece of a lot of the schools in the area. You know, Jen is, graduated from Butler University and we have IU right down the street, Purdue of course right around the corner and um, and we're always concerned that you know that we have this entire you know kind of flourishing social media tech space here in the city but we're not talking to these graduate students and and helping them much so we're always that's 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 fascinating and I, I you know I'm gonna hit hit up some of our folks here in town and see if see if they can call Brigham Young and get some tips on running their uh, classes because obviously they 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 taught you well. Well, and there's something fascinating about BYU. The guy who headed up the Old Spice campaign, graduated from the BYU advertising the, the communications department. The guy who did the Will of Blend campaign is from BYU. Wow. BYU. There was another big one. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who it was. We've had several big YouTube viral, for lack of a better term, viral campaigns come out of BYU and pretty promptly after people leave BYU. Yeah, and, and at a, uh, it was Inc. Magazine that pointed that out to me in an interview. A guy from Inc. Magazine was like, do you realize that almost every single major successful YouTube campaign has come out of Brigham Young University? <laughs> It's like, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, fan, that's fantastic. Well, let's let's get back. Let's let's uh, let's go back um, to to Dr. Bob's story. So, with 15 million, you have 15 million views now. But let's say months into it, where you were selling, you know, selling out of inventories of 10,000. How how many views and visitors were you getting? You know that that were that were developing that kind of demand. Um, I don't have the it's been so long I don't have the numbers in front of me um, I sorry I, I didn't no, no, no that's okay is it, I mean one thing that I think Jeff is leaving out of the story is how slavishly he labored over these numbers and over all of it we were roommates at the time it was before Jeff got married and it was right after we both graduated and it was morning day and night Jeff was always, always managing this, and I think the the attention and focus that he gave it, and the detail that he uh, that he was focusing on, made a big difference. It was A/B testing in every minute aspect of, of of what we were doing. Well, and that's that's an important story that that you know definitely our audience needs to hear. We we hear a lot, you know, we have our clients come to us a lot, you know, whether it's pay per click or anything else, and they say, well, yeah, you know, we're dumping this much budget into it and it's not really working, you know, but they're not doing anything. They're just putting away a budget and then, and then letting, right. letting it, it run. Optimization, especially early on. And even still now we do tons of optimization, a lot of AB testing to see which small changes will have an impact. Even yeah. a small change to if optimize we, as much as we can. 
if we can shave a penny off of things, it just has a huge impact long term. And so it was, uh, but it was really funny just about being roommates. I was in a, a house, we were in a house and there were 12 guys in this house. Way overcrowded. Yeah, it was really crowded. But cheap rent. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody, uh, nobody doing the dishes. Yeah. No, no, it was awful. <laughs> uh, and so we had this one roommate, he emailed me when the New York Times did an article on us. And uh, the first article that the New York Times did, and he said, um, he said, they forgot, they forgot, you forgot to tell them the part about how you did that all sitting inside your bed. <laughs> would just wake up in the morning, pull up his laptop and still in his underwear, just pull up his laptop and go to town and be working on the campaign till noon. That's yeah, because you get started and then you just kind of forget and you're like focused and then uh, like lunchtime hits and you're like, I'm kind of hungry. And then <laughs> that gets you out to go work on something. But that's how intense, um, intensely, I mean, we we saw the vision. We could see what was going to happen. We didn't we didn't get an office for a full year. Um, and so my brother, Neil, was working in Idaho from there. I was working in Provo and then Austin was helping off and on with the videos and um and it was just like wake up in the morning um open up your laptop and and um and start but the um so anyway that's sorry well, and, and you guys I, I mean back then i mean you were doing all this manually right pulling all these stats <laughs> out and and basically kind of taking a deeper dive you know was it just you know, blowing up Excel that you, you were sitting there doing, or, or yeah, you Excel, start? Google AdWords and YouTube. YouTube lets you download so much information about the viewers and about the where your referrals are coming from, where the views are coming from, that you just have this massive amount of data that you can start diving into. And most people are unaware of that. It's not like Facebook where you just can't hardly get anything on your, your likes. Um, but you, you just have all this information. And then AdWords has an enormous amount of information. And so there was a lot of tweaking and, and analyzing the, the data. Um, it got, as we were scaling, it got so intense that um, it didn't take long before I had to figure out how to hire somebody and and train them to do what I was doing because the creativity was getting sucked up in just number crunching. And, um, and the way that this is an interesting kind of an interesting story is the way we, we hired is we're in a recession. So a lot of people are looking for work, but I sent out on Facebook and Twitter and, and talked to friends and said, I've got $2,000. I first had people apply and then the people who applied, I gave them $2,000 gave them a month of time and they, and then they had to come back and report on how they spent their $2,000 on AdWords or YouTube ads or wherever they spent it online. And whoever gave me the most compelling report, it didn't even matter if they made money or not, if they learned the lessons and found out, you know, if they were taking a risk, um, the person who performed the best, in my opinion, was the one we hired. And he's ended up, I mean, he's, he still manages. He's phenomenal. Yeah. He spends all the money in the company. So that's fantastic. He um, understands those systems better than just about anybody on the planet because he's, you know, as, as Jeffrey was just, just as invested, this guy's been doing the same level of investment of being on those systems all day, every day. Yep. Only now he's been doing it for over a year. So now, now fast forwarding a year, are you guys utilizing any type of, 
you know, pay-per-click automation or lead nurturing or, you know, landing page optimization measurement tools or anything like that? We use Google's A-B testing optimize page. Um, what's that? Yeah, Tool optimizer. Called. Yep. Yeah, we, we use that. And um, but a lot of it, which just big time, Abe, our our ad ops guy, he he's just a big time Excel guy, and he, he we don't we haven't had to get into more robust systems yet. Although we can see a future where we're going to have to start building stuff because all the tools that are out there don't solve the problems of because video is so much different than a. Um, AdWords. There's yet to be a package solution for video so, uh, analytics and implementation. We're working with Google on creating some tools. Oh, so that's fantastic. So, so now let's let's break it down. Let's let's go video first. You know, as you guys are creating video and you're looking at the stats of your existing videos, and and you're trying to break this down and basically create new videos. I mean, are you just coming up with new creative ideas and plopping them out there? Are you actually taking, you know what, the the length of time, you know, when we pop up text in it, when we, um, you know, the breaks between our jokes, whatever whatever it is, are, I mean, are you scientifically kind of looking at even the way that you're doing your videos um, to, to kind of increase the response rates? The videos themselves, we've, we're always trying different things, but in an effort to find best practices, like common things that we can apply throughout. And we have found some, some lessons that invariably work. They, they improve our, our likes, our shares, the interactions go way up. Um, we've kind of codified some of those into what we call the four C's. Uh, it's just four different practices that if you put these in your video, make sure these are present, you'll have greater success. These apply to people outside of the um, uh, business world. This applies to filmmakers who are getting into YouTube. It applies to a lot of different things, but the four C's are a pretty general term. Um, but yeah, go ahead and explain. The analysis that we did on videos was not just on our own, but it was on all the successful videos that we saw on YouTube, the channels that were consistently growing, not just a viral hit, but consistent growth, reliable growth. Uh, the first one is content. Obviously, you want to have really good content. We got an awesome writer. It, again, it was another guy that we lived with in that house with 12 guys, a film student, really creative, really funny guy, uh, does stand-up comedy and was studying uh, screenwriting. He wrote our first scripts. He's still our head writer today. He does a fantastic job, always coming up with new, innovative concepts for our short scripts, for our short videos. Content is a big part of it. That's the first C. Yep. Uh, collaboration. Collaboration is another big thing in social media in general, but especially in video. There are people out there who have channels that are already doing really well. Those people are doing something right because they have dedicated audiences, large audiences, people who are big fans who are going to keep coming back for their, for their content. So if you can network with those people, if you can call them, and if you can work out some kind of arrangement, hey, we'll do a video with you, and we'll put it on our channel, and you can do a video, we can do another video and put it on your channel, and you do kind of shout-outs to each other. Hey, big thanks to this big YouTuber who was in our video. Definitely go check out their channel. And by doing that, you share audiences. So people who were previously just a fan of that person or that channel, and people who were previously just a fan of you or your channel, now there's kind of some cross-pollination going on there where they're fans of both of those channels and you both grow your audiences. Right, and the misnomer out there that everybody thinks is that they think that everybody's competing for eyeballs, so I don't want to, you know... Yeah, I don't this do is not a zero-sum game. Just exactly. the total viewership 
the, the number of people watching and the amount of time people spend watching, both are growing so consistently. The pie is just getting bigger. Great. Yep. So there shouldn't be any fear on people's parts about collaborating. There's uh, 3 billion video views on YouTube every single day. That's, that's uh, if you take CBS, NBC, ABC, combine them and times them by two, YouTube's still bigger than yeah. that, their audiences. So, um, and I, a year ago it was 2 billion, and then six months before that it was 1 billion. So the thing is just, it's, a, it's a, uh, like a sleeping giant, I guess, in a lot of ways, as far as marketers go. Um, it's growing like Facebook, but it's not being treated like Facebook with marketing, even though it should be. Oh, fascinating. So we have content, collaboration. The third C is calls to action. In your videos, you want people to, you want them to click like, you want them to share your video, you want them to favorite your video. There are all kinds of things you want them to do. Tell them to do it. At the end of your video, or in your video, or any point in your video, just say, click like if you like this video, share this video if you think it's funny, check out this other channel, check out our channel, subscribe to our channel. All the different interactions that you're looking for, it's okay to be explicit about it and say, hey, did you like our video? Subscribe to our channel. We've got lots more coming. People are more apt to think about that and to respond to it if you are very just direct with them about it. Not confrontational, not demanding, just, hey, click subscribe if you like this video. Or if it's a... Um if it's a conversion video, a video meant to convert people to buy, each video has its own purpose. And so you just need to make sure your call to action and everything, your call to action is very clear and, and focused on your purpose. And then everything else in that video needs to support that call to action. Absolutely. Just yeah. like a landing page. Yep. Make a very clear call to action on the landing page, and everything else on that page should support that call to action, or else you cut it. Yeah, and I and I think people make a mistake there too. A lot of a lot of marketers, you know, they they don't want to be overly salesy or anything. So the the call to action is a little bit out on the side, and nobody can really see it. I always tell people, no, it has to be, you know, maybe not a center of attention, but equivalent to the center of attention so that people absolutely know what you want them to do next. And you have to tell them to do it. And if you want them to do it now, you have to tell them to do it now. Right. It doesn't have to be an assault on their senses or anything, right. but at least be clear. Yes, absolutely. So okay. content, collaboration, call to action. The fourth C is consistency. Uh, we upload a video every week. And whether people want to upload a video every week is up to them, but whatever schedule you decide, whether it's twice a week, whether it's once every two weeks, whether it's once a month, you need to be consistent. Because people like tuning in on a schedule that they can count on. TV has demonstrated that thing pretty clearly. Tune in the same bat channel, same bat time next week, whatever it may be. People like to know that they can come back to you, and they like to know when they can come back to you for further content. If they like what you've had so far, they're going to come back for more, and they want to know when that's going to happen. If you're not consistent, if you don't deliver, especially when you say you will, if you say, I'll have a vid we'll have a video up every week, and then you miss two weeks, you've lost a lot of people because they know they can't count on you to deliver that. It's absolutely fascinating how, you know, the same exact customer behavior um, from video happens with written content. Um, you know, these are the same four things that we tell people, you know, from a corporate blogging standpoint. It's, it's the same exact things. Be consistent, collaborate, share audiences, have distinct call to actions, and write great content. 
Yeah. We we force these apply to all social media, I think. We've certainly found the same things working in our Facebook page. Yeah. When we've when we've gone to our Facebook page and done kind of analysis of what's worked for us, guess what? Surprise, surprise, it's the same patterns. The principles are the same. The implementation may change from platform to platform, but the principles are exactly the same. Yeah, I, and I tell people, you know, a couple of different things. One is you, you guys are moving a rock up a hill, you know, and when you're moving a rock up a hill, it takes consistent pressure to keep moving that rock up the hill. But if you stop, <laughs> that rock yeah. comes down a lot faster. Grab not your friend in that situation. <laughs> yeah, and then the other, the other one, too, is, you know, now you guys have an incredible following, right? Now you've got... And, and this is the other, you know, education piece to people from a social media standpoint is what you guys have done is, you know, every day you were putting pennies in the bank. And, and as you were developing fans, developing followers, developing viewers, and building this audience over time, you know, you're finding now that when you release a video, you know, you can almost expect a minimum amount of views. And you can almost expect sales associated with that. Is I mean, is that what you're seeing? Yeah, we see at least on our weekly videos, it's 10,000 to 100,000 views. It kind of ranges in there just depending on how well we uh, did the content. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a constant. We have 160,000 subscribers, and we regularly get over 10% of those to, to watch every video. In addition to doing the four C's, we've got a couple different kinds of videos, too. Like I said, we upload every week. We put out a video every week. But not every one of those. In fact, most of those are not sales videos per se. Right. They're, they're branding. They're entertainment. It's content to bring people back to our channel. They're going to tune in not because they want to know the latest and greatest innovations in tongue cleaning, but because they like Morgan the Orbrush tongue and think he's really funny and want to see what crazy thing he's going to do next week. Um, by putting those videos out, we retain the audience that we that we have contacted to begin with. They really like our content. They keep coming back, and it's like Seth Godin says, you know, we we have their permission now. We can talk to them about sales, about our product, when we decide to do that. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's it, it's the equivalent. I, I would say our, our our weekly vlog with Morgan, the, the Diary of a Dirty Tongue, is the name of the vlog. Um, I think it's the equivalent of our newsletter, email newsletter. That's awesome. Well, we're going to let's take a short let's take another short break and uh, we'll listen to this sponsor is Slingshot SEO and then we'll be back. We've got a question from Harry Howe here. So uh, hold tight, guys. Searching for a bigger online footprint? Slingshot SEO, helping deserving brands achieve growth through Internet searches. A passion to maximize the science of search translates into action plans for deserving brands like yours, shaping online conversations about your business and making your business more visible to search engines. Slingshot SEO, digital relevance for deserving brands. Visit SlingshotSEO.com for more information or call 888-603-7337. Let them know you heard about them on the Marketing Technology Blog. Here we go. During that break, there, you know, maybe maybe the real story here isn't the story of Aura Brush, but it's that twelve guys in a house can actually get along and and be creative and develop a great product as long as their breath doesn't stink. <laughs> <laughs> now, what the dishes get done is another story. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, I'd like to uh, ask you a question about Dr. Bob and, and lessons learned there. It seems as though he would be a very unlikely demographic to, you know, take your advice and, and run with it. So tell me what lessons you learned in, in working with him that might be applicable um, as we work with clients and, uh, you know, you, you were clearly successful, but maybe you'd have done some things differently if you had to do it over again. Just share with us that story, please. Um, one of the, Bob's kind of a little bit of a visionary. He, uh, when, when I first met with him, he said, in our first meeting, he said, well, I think that Google is kind of old and uh, Google search. And he said, I think the, the next wave has got to be like Facebook or YouTube or something. Um, so I like what you're talking about. And and he, he said, I want to catch the next wave. <laughs> wow. He, he was, it wasn't terribly hard to convince him that, that, that this was the right direction to go. Um, now, convincing him to spend few hundred dollars on a video was a little more difficult um, when he he was just really hesitant spending a lot of money but that's the beauty is I was able to even though I ha had no experience to show him or to prove in, in this medium you can start in such small increments that you can really give me $30 a day and I'll prove it and then once I prove that, I'm going to prove to you this, and then I'll prove to you the next step and the next step. And so he's eased into it. If I had come to him and said, I want just to start out with a budget to produce a vlog every single week with a giant dirty tongue, you know, if I jumped in head first and asked him for that, there's no way that he would have agreed to that. But it was so easy to convince him when you say, I just need a few hundred dollars, and here's my assumptions. And if we do this, look at the look at how the Howcast video is doing. Look at how our current stuff is doing. And if this does well, then I want to take the next step and lay it out. And um, it was it was it was fairly simple. Oh, that's fantastic. And and that's I mean that's a lesson to. to Everybody, right? Yeah, I mean, just sure. if you're going to work with, you know, either internal, external marketing departments, you know, incremental growth and showing the numbers and showing that you're heading in the right direction is is the answer. It's not let's plop down fifty thousand dollars on a you know commercial and see if it works or not. Well, once once you're experienced and you know the the terrain, right? That's no big deal because you you've already proven that you can do it. But until you've gotten to that point. Yeah, you're you're just taking a huge gamble because you don't know all the you don't know all the um, different parts of the equation that are going to come into play, especially in something as new as social media and YouTube. Um, there's a lot of stuff that even listening to us, if you go home and think you're an expert now and try it, you're going to fall on your face most likely, right. um, unless you start out the same way we did and go a little bit by little bit and figure it out. Out. Yeah, it's it's a matter of testing each of the individual variables and getting pretty familiar with them before you're going to dump in a ton of money. Yeah, and th and now you've got, you know, you've got a very, um, you know, a consistent strategy from a week to week standpoint with YouTube. The type of videos, the character in the video, the humor. Now you you took a, and I'm not sure if it was recent or not, but you kind of took a left turn and you really have like a an all-out epic video 
you know, that basically, you know, kind of makes fun of the whole story in this grandiose, you know, theatrical, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, you know, preview or premiere. Um, right. Well, the the trailer to the Aura Brush movie. There you go. Yeah, the trailer to the Aura Brush movie. You know, we figured if Facebook can have their own movie, so can we. <laughs> so, our writer, like I said, we've got a brilliant writer who's always he's he surprises me still with how creative he can be at just pulling in new concepts, new ideas, and and we try a lot of them out to see how it goes. That one sounded like a lot of fun. We all liked the idea. It certainly plays some my ego at least yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we produced it and put it out there and it got a really positive response one thing we hadn't anticipated with that is how real it would look we had so many people who thought we would really made an aura brush movie <laughs> like, oh, that's like, awesome. is it online is it in theaters is it playing in select theaters <laughs> uh, and by this point in our company's history we had recruited uh, our CEO Jeffrey had been acting as CEO for quite a while but we wanted to get somebody who had a lot of experience with retail, retail to get us into major stores so we recruited a guy who is a longtime veteran of Procter & Gamble to come and work with us and be our CEO he's the, the Jeff Davis character in that video he did not know we were making this video um, he's usually apprised about what we got coming up in the pipeline but one day he gets on our channel and this video starts playing and there's an actor playing him in our <laughs> We don't get approval sometimes. Yeah. He gives us a lot of freedom, more than he's comfortable with. But Yeah, he's kind of had to adjust in that regard. We have a lot of creative, creative liberty and that's been a huge, uh, a huge help to us, but I don't think that's conventionally how it works. And now, now you know, let's take a, a, a typical spot that you guys have done compared to this epic trailer i mean it looks like there was a significant cost difference too in the in the production and the time that went into it is that is that the case it was more expensive but everything we do we do on the on the cheap it, it but it, yeah it was it was at least double the cost of our other videos yeah we've yet to do any special special effects extravaganza most of what we're doing is still fairly indie in its style. Yeah. The most expensive video we've ever done was the zombie video. <laughs> the video game zombie shoot. That's awesome. <laughs> and and was that like twice as expensive? Three times? What um it was about four times our our normal cost of a video. Wow. And and that's part of the you know, I think that's part of the, the piece to to you know for people to list that are listening to is that you know, you don't have to sit there and spend five thousand dollars on a video for ten thousand people to view it. You know, it's again to go back to it was the story and the content that really pulled people in on this, right? Yeah, the the, the tools, especially of video production, have gotten so cheap. You know, for for professionals who work in video production, it's really frustrating because now anybody can get those tools and anybody can try it. For the rest of us, that's awesome. It's a huge learning opportunity because you can actually try this stuff out. There's not a financial barrier to entry. Cameras are cheap. Editing equipment is cheap. Uh, you can try this stuff out for not a lot of money and refine your techniques. It's very much like Jeffrey was saying about our, you know, our analytics and information and optimizing. There's not a huge financial barrier to entry. You can try this stuff out for cheap, refine your technique before you start expanding your operation. Yeah, uh, this is this is just a fascinating conversation now let's let's uh let's advance it again now now you have the ceo um and recruited from procter and gamble 
And you guys, you guys, a great story of how you got into Walmart. Now I'm not sure if he was there or not at that point, but uh, can you can you tell everybody how you how you actually approached and got into uh, selling the product at Walmart? Sure thing. So Walmart has a program that they've been running where local managers at a Walmart store can pick up a local product. They can say, there's this thing that sells in my town or my state, and I really like it, and I want to sell it in my store. And Walmart gives those managers the autonomy to do that. There was a Walmart manager near us who had an Aura brush. Uh, now, I don't know where he got it because when, when he approached us, and he did approach us, he came to us and said, I want to put your product in my store. He was unaware of our YouTube marketing. He's not the traditional YouTuber that we're normally targeting. We're like, oh, great. How did you hear about us? He's like, I've got one. I really like it. I want to put it in our stores. And, and, you know, do you like the videos? What videos? Oh, you don't know about the videos. Let me show you. And we showed him what we were doing online and how we were reaching out to kind of a, a younger tech savvy audience. And he said, that's fantastic. I definitely want it on my store. I'm going to put it on an end cap. Can we get a display on it? Sure thing. So we set that up in his store. A couple days later, there were some managers in the area, other Walmart managers, who were doing a store tour going to, around the various stores and seeing what they had set up. They saw our display and really liked it. And within a couple of weeks, we were in 19 Walmarts in our area because the local managers liked what they saw. Our sales numbers were really good. They decided to pick us up and try it out. Try it out. Um, that gave us the opportunity to test in Utah and to optimize our sales here and everything that we were doing on YouTube to kind of target those areas around the stores to demonstrate to Walmart National, to, to Bentonville, we can do this anywhere. And it was a long time in testing, but I say a long time. I'm thinking, you know, our timeline, a lot of projects is very short, a few weeks. I think by traditional standards, we were fast-tracked. We've gone from no sales to in every Walmart in the country in a couple of years. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was that local vendor program that gave us the chance to prove our model here in Utah at a, at a local scale and then expand it to the rest of the country. And I, and I love, you know, part of that was – you guys actually targeted Walmart employees with Facebook ads, right? Well, that came a little bit later. What we've done was already begun the conversation with Bentonville, trying to get it picked up by Walmart National. Um, and it was a correspondence that was going on through email. We hadn't flown out there. They hadn't flown out to us. We hadn't really done a whole lot so far as in-depth discussion. It had been mostly email exchanges, us trying to get and capture their attention and say, check us out. Our sales numbers are awesome. You're really going to like this. Um, and convince them that we were worth their, you know, their time and, and energy to explore and, and check us out. But one thing we did was set up a Facebook ad. This was Jeffrey's idea. Set up a Facebook, bat, uh, Facebook ad targeting Walmart employees who live in Bentonville who have a college degree. Um, that really narrows it down to pretty much the executives at yeah. Walmart headquarters. Yeah. And we ran an ad that said, Walmart employees have bad breath. You guys need aura brush. <laughs> anything in your store. Uh, I love it. And uh, it got their attention. We had spent $20,000 in trade magazines for retail. And the only response we'd gotten from that was other people soliciting our buying trade ads. <laughs> nice. They wanted us to spend more money. Um, there was that over, over a period of months, and $20,000 didn't produce any results for us. This Facebook ad, we spent $28 targeting and, and putting that ad out there. And within a couple of days, we got an email from people who manage social media at Walmart saying... Well, it's from the buyer. It was from the buyer? Mm -hmm. We got an email from somebody pretty high up in Walmart. The buyer emailed us and said that she had seen it and the vice president of Walmart had seen it because the social media team forwarded it to them and that 
we could take it down now because we didn't. They didn't want us to. They're they like, there's two million Walmart associates. If you're gonna send all of them before your product gets into our store, we're like, no, 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 no. We didn't target everybody. Yeah. <laughs> they thought for sure we had, we were targeting every single Walmart employee in the country. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh wow. And how soon after that, where did you find yourself in every Walmart? Um. Well, we just went into every single Walmart last month. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. And this month we went into every single CVS store. Wow. Man, that is fantastic. This, this is just an incredible story, and I I really appreciate you guys taking the time. You guys have done so many things right, and uh, do you think that uh, part of your success is due to kind of starting with a clean sheet of paper? In other words, had, had you... You know, if this had begun and the opportunity began after you'd been working, say, at Procter & Gamble in their marketing organization for 10 years, do you think you could have done this? Or, or well, I'll let you take it from there. I don't I don't think so, actually. Um, there's, I, there's too much friction. Everything has to go through approval processes. And, and, and in the new world of marketing, things have to move a lot faster than that. Um, it's not necessarily that they don't have access to all the tools that we have, but they don't move fast enough in a lot of cases. Yeah, I'm not sure we would have fostered the, the right practices because I'm sure there would have been practices that were just standard in any existing organization, and we would have we put, probably would have stepped in and accepted those as standard and gone with those. Instead, here, we kind of had to craft our own and kind of evaluate their effectiveness on our own. Yeah, and another, one, one thing to one thing to consider is um, Jeff Davis when he came in, he said this is the reverse marketing model, and he said it's backwards from everything I did at P and G. Yeah, and um, and so since then now all the magazines and stuff and newspapers are all saying the Orbrush has the reverse marketing model, but. Um, we we didn't really expect to turn the whole marketing world reverse. That's not what we set out to do. We were just setting out to try to figure out how to convince people to buy this tongue cleaner um, online. Yeah. And we weren't trying. Now our goal is to become. You know, we're we're creating an entire category in oral hygiene through social media. I mean, we're the first product to ever go from no sales online or offline to full international retail, just using YouTube. And um, and so, but but that's not really. It was out of necessity that it yeah. came. It was the, we tried everything else beforehand, and we just didn't give up. And um, and out of out of necessity, we kind of flipped everything on its head. And I wasn't even aware that we flipped it all on its head until Jeff Davis came and looked at it and said, "This is so backwards." <laughs> yeah, that's just the arrangement that happened to work for us. We weren't trying to turn things on their head. Well, that, I think the irony there is that. It, Theirs is the reverse legit, reverse marketing now. You, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You guys are doing it the right way, you know. Uh, in, in, in ten years, that's the, that's the way it'll be looked at. Is the traditional marketing will be considered backwards? Yeah. Well, and, and no doubt. I mean, this this you know this wasn't happenstance either. Stories of you guys, you know, waking up in the morning and and working day and night, analyzing numbers and tweaking every single piece of your landing page and video and campaigns and everything else that that also you know um, you know a typical company that uh, a movement like that that what you were doing in 
weeks might take them years to adjust. Um, and there's a, you know, there's something to be heard there as well. Thanks. Uh, I mean, it, this is, I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time with us. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, where people can find you online. Let's uh, let's close this out. This was an incredible show. Well, we're obviously all over online. You can check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash AuraBrush. Uh, you've got all of our videos there. There is, of course, the video that's got about 15 million views, how to test your bad breath, but there's also a whole bunch of other videos that we hope you find entertaining with Morgan the AuraBrush tongue, a human tongue, a six-foot-tall human being tongue. Yeah, it's a, it looks uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> That's what we pay the man for. He's, he's fantastic. Um, so we're obviously on YouTube. We've got 300,000 fans about on Facebook. So you can follow our updates on there. And we use Facebook a lot to poll our audience to see what people think. Um, and obviously our website, uh, orbrush.com. You can yeah. find all of our information about the business and about the product there as well. Or if you just go search Google for Orbrush, um, you'll see... Um, New York Times articles, Wall Street Journal multiple times, Ad Age, um, just all over the media, Nightline. Um, so you search for us on Google, orbrush.com, facebook.com slash orbrush, and youtube.com slash orbrush. Those, those are the places I would go to stalk us and try to learn what we're doing. And is there, are you guys, you know, do you guys also branch out into channel sales as well, you know, selling to the dental community and stuff? We're just getting started. Okay, so we have we have a we have a someone in the chat room, Sean Ray. He's asking. He said his wife is a dentist, so he wants he wants to he wants to find find out some information. So he should go to orbrush.com and get a hold of you guys through there. Yeah, there's a, there's a contact through there. Shoot us an email. We're really good at responding to emails to Orbrush, and um, and we can we can help because we are getting into the dental world now, and. Um, yeah, and then Austin, what's my 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 Twitter handle is Jeffrey Harmon, J E F F R U Y Harmon, and then you I but may even be better to follow me on Google Plus because I update there more often. Oh, cool. And Austin updates a lot on Twitter. Yeah, Austin M Craig on Twitter and also on Google Plus, Austin M Craig, and and you can find us on Facebook as well. Subscribe on there. Oh yeah, that's right. You can subscribe on Facebook now too. So. And and uh, is is Dr. Bob you know out fishing now? Is he doing well? He plays a lot of golf these days. Good for him. Good for him. We just invented the new product that was announced yesterday through our iPad, iPhone 4S parody, or brush tongue foam. He invented that. So he's still doing stuff, but um, we're, uh, he golfs a lot. But he's not But he's not packaging or brushes in his garage. We've outsourced that part of the business to uh, more capable people. Dr. Bob was kind of overloaded after a while. He could only ship so many from his garage. I bet. Well, hey, I, I can't thank you guys enough for spending time with us today. Um, this was just a – what a great story and a inspiring story for, for young marketers straight out of college and as well as – you know, traditional traditional marketers that may want to take a, a second look at, you know, this this new reverse marketing. Doug, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Thanks very much, guys. All right. Have a great day. You too. Take care.
Connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com. And from there, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.